Hi everyone. It's Kate from the Taproot Doula Project. Um, so I am only going to do this in one take because I have to work tonight and there's no way. So hopefully, hopefully it works out. Um, today, I haven't been on here for a while, but I was really inspired because this week we sent out the first copies of our book for people to read outside of our editor and our the people directly involved so that was really momentous for us so um, today I want to talk about trauma and transformation and I want to introduce you to our book which is called how to take care so when I talk about transformation I'm not talking just about glorious momentous change but more like small consistent growth Transformations are sometimes so subtle that you won't notice them unless you're really paying attention. I do a lot of work around trauma, personally um, and professionally, because I'm completely transfixed by trauma research. When I finally figured out what trauma is and what it does to us, all the dots connected in my mind in a way that they never had before. Um, I learned why I am the way that I am, why the people I love are the way they are, why the vulnerable populations I care for are the way they are, and why every stranger we meet is the way that they are. And I'm really dumbfounded that our culture for so long could not grasp what trauma is or what it does to us. The thing about trauma is that it calcifies us. It locks us in, it crystallizes us, it hardens us into the identity of who we were when that first trauma, that first injury occurred. A lot of us have chronic PTSD, which means it's trauma that happened consistently um, while we were growing up. It's trauma that was inherent into the, in the environment in which we were growing. A lot of us have experienced what's called adverse childhood experiences or ACEs for short. ACEs are things that happened to us when we were little, when we felt totally helpless and we didn't feel protected. Adverse childhood experiences can include the death of someone we love, separation from someone we love, um, and that includes divorce, substance abuse, um, substance use disorder by a trusted adult, like the one of the adults that lives in our home, um, violence in the home. And when these kinds of things happen to us when we're young, we're especially helpless to integrate what's going on to make sense of it. Um, and what trauma does is it imprints on our minds. And that's something that we learn about in the book, The Body Keeps the Score. He talks about that, the imprint of trauma. It solidifies some part of us that should actually be fluid, that should be changing. And we become trapped in the time and place where that trauma occurred. In our brains, trauma has no sense of place or time. All trauma knows is how we feel, and it's a whole body experience. It overtakes us. We talk about triggers. Um, Culturally, people talk a lot about triggers. 
Um, triggers are like a button that gets pressed. And when the button gets pressed, it opens up this trap door into a black hole. And we lose all track of space and time. It's like how gymnasts describe the twisties. They're spinning through the air and they lose all orientation of gravity or where the ground is. Um, When we get triggered or activated, we lose track of who we are, where we are, what's real, who's safe, who's dangerous, and we're plunged into the sensation of being trapped again and being helpless. Some of the symptoms make common sense, um, like a panic attack, like your heart's pounding, you're sweating, you feel like you're dying. Um, But some of the symptoms are kind of strange, like having a morbid sense of humor where you'll make a joke and people will just like stare at you Um, or maybe dissociating, becoming totally numb, no affect, not happy or sad or anything. Another example is having a really intense reaction to something small or a really subdued reaction to something really intense. Um, a myriad of physical symptoms also happen related to RPTSD. Um, and not only those symptoms, but actual disease processes. And the more adverse childhood experiences um, someone has, the more likely they are to develop chronic illness as they get older. Five, and this is from the CDC, five out of the top 10 causes of death are associated with adverse childhood experiences. One out of six adults experienced four or more types of ACEs. So trauma freezes us in time. It traps us and we become like ghosts moving through our lives, but never quite there and haunting the memories of ourselves. We aren't present in our own lives. A lot of my own mindfulness practice is going back to the really, really simple thing of Ram Das, the teacher, the book, and the message, which is to be here now. And it's really, really hard. I think it can be a form of spiritual bypassing to tell somebody to be here now if you don't give them the tools and the consciousness awareness to identify what is a trauma response versus what is their actual intention. People need tools to cut through the autonomic nervous system response that happens when we have untreated and unmitigated trauma. As time goes on, I become more curious about my own trauma in all of its forms. It's a complex process. There are so many portals or thresholds back to a new version of ourselves. I'm never really convinced when someone says, oh, I have this quick fix, this one and only way to heal you. Whenever I hear someone say that, I'm just thinking to myself, no, that's not it. I really love my friend Stephanie Portel's vision, which she calls slow healing. It's not a race. It takes time and it's worth the time it takes. Human beings are resilient We are a multiplicity. Something that works for one person might not work for you, and something that works for you might not work for someone else. Of course, we need professional mental health resources. Um, We need affordable therapy. We need meds sometimes. But so much of healing trauma 
um, of feeling better, of being present has to do with this simple strategy of finding new ways to live safely in our own bodies. Um, in our book, it's called How to Take Care, um, Aaron and I discuss the strategic relearning of how to exist in our own bodies. It's something we need to practice every day, like a little kid learning to ride a bike as we move through our lives and through the world. It's a process that's hard, but it's much more simple than people make it out to be sometimes. I have a hard time when folks um, commodify or trademark a simple practice, a healing practice that should be readily accessible to you. Wherever you are, whatever resources you have in whatever given moment, um, and it really flares my temper when someone like an entrepreneur turns a healing practice into some sort of proprietary model. And they might call it some weird name. They might offer like prohibitively expensive professional coaching around it. And then they say, this is the one and only way. Um, it upsets me when I see that happen. And it happens all of the time in the wellness community. I know that there are so many different ways to heal. My calling in this life is to demystify this process. It is very elegant of a concept, but it doesn't have to be complex. In the book that Erin and I wrote together, um, the whole book is full of things that are easy to do to help you find a way to make a home within your body again. I will never tell you that there's a quick fix. I will never tell you that one book can save you. But I will tell you that healing, slow healing, is possible. That it's more accessible than we've been taught to believe. There's so much wisdom all around us that can be found, reclaimed, recovered. Healing is an innate process of human existence. If we can dispel all these myths around healing... Um, if we could just cut through them and destigmatize those symptoms, our reactions to the very real intense traumatic events of our lives, um, experiences that many of us feel a lot of shame and regret around, then that's my goal. One of the chapters in our book is called Truth Medicine. And the first step is to start telling the truth which is really difficult, but it's also really simple. And I'll just give one example. Um, Yesterday, I went to the gym, and I was lifting weights, which I've never done in my life before, like, two weeks ago. And I was thinking to myself, like, oh my god, this is so satisfying to me. And I realized that the reason it was so satisfying is because it was a totally new experience in my body and whenever we have new pleasurable or interesting safe experiences in our body it allows us to break out of that frozenness that crystallized state and that hardening of who we thought we were which is a traumatized person or a damaged person it allows us to break out of that mold and become fascinated with being alive again So I'm infinitely curious about things that shake me up like that, that open me up, that breathe into me like that. And that's what I always try to share with other people. 
information that I share is the opposite of proprietary. Everything I teach you, I want you to teach someone else. I envision us healing together, and I want everyone to know how trauma works and how we can break the cycle.